Are you ready to make the right moves and unlock your passion? Welcome to From the Inside Out with your host, Carla D. Walker. To be your best self in your personal life and your business life, all you need to do is look within yourself. Now, here is Carla D. Walker. Good morning, world. How are you this morning? I am absolutely fabulous. It is a going to be a great day. I am so happy I woke up this morning. I am so thankful that I woke up this morning. I know you are too. It's going to be a glorious, great, happy, fantastic, stimulating, fun-filled day. This is your day. Your day to do with it as you please. Do with it as you would like to do with it. But it's only your day. Okay. Today, I'm going to... Just, I guess I'm just going to roll on into the show, um, and I'll, I'll give you my wish for you, you know, toward the end of the show. I always like to make sure I'm wishing you happiness and, and love and peace and kindness and those good things, but I really want to get into this topic today um, because it's, it's a little heavy topic, but it may be something that if you've listened to the news or social media... Um, or maybe even some of your friends talking, you've been hearing a lot about. And, and I, I titled my show, Too, Too Dark to be White, Too Light to be Black. <laughs> and, and I did that specifically because as a African-American woman in the United States, um, my life may be a little different than some of yours, and I may have experienced some things that some of you may have not experienced. And since in this time or this age where racism seems to continue to raise its ugly head and seems to be uh, used uh, politically, I thought it, before it gets too out of hand, which for some of you may say is already out of hand, but before it gets too out of hand, I thought it might be interesting, or I felt it might be interesting to just share with you some of the experiences that I've had throughout my life uh, and what impact that may have been on me. But I also want to talk about and give you some, some information around how it also impacts, how racism also impacts or affects uh, mental health. And uh, uh, why why don't we recognize that it's still very much with us? I, I always found it funny when people, uh, when we elected President Obama, that for some people that meant that there was no more racism because we had elected a black president. And it was always very interesting to me that it seemed as though just the opposite happened. As soon as we elected a black president, it seemed to be more racism seemed to appear, more actions or more words, more things, more fear seemed to be raised at that time. And so, uh, so I thought that was interesting. I can remember um, as... Having, having, when I had my daughter and she was growing up and she was in, I want to say elementary school. Uh, 
I remember her coming home to me one day and, and saying, uh, asking me a question in those big brown eyes. And she would look up and say, Mommy, are you white? I said, am I white? No. Why are you asking me am I white? You know I'm not white. I said, why? She said, because you know, my friends or kids at school are telling me that you're white. <laughs> and on one side, I'm laughing because I'm thinking this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It makes no sense whatsoever. But on the other side, looking at her little face and her concern and her question, I thought, where are the kids getting this? You know, this is something that we teach children. We teach children about color. We teach children about racism. We teach them how to treat other people. They don't come out that way. When they're born, they don't have that knowledge. We teach them that. So for kids to be teasing my child, my beautiful brown baby, teasing them because she had a quote-unquote white mommy um, was a little hurtful, particularly because I'm not white. <laughs> I've never been white. I don't think you can be white and then suddenly be something else. I know there have been at least one person recently who tried to do that, to go from white to black, but I don't think that worked well for her either. Um, but but I, at the time, I also got a little angry and I wanted to know who these kids were, who who are their parents, who are teaching them this, who told them this was okay, and what was the school doing about this? And the answer to what the school does about that was nothing. Uh, could have been you know, where we were living at the time, we were living in uh, a rural community. You know, people will say, well, kids will be kids. Don't worry about it. But there's an impact that that has, that teasing has um, with children. So I thought about this topic particularly, and and it's sort of ironic in that um, as we're hearing more and more about our current commander-in-chief, who seems to be milking the racism cry for political gains. At the same time, my daughter came home, who is now a full adult. My daughter came home from work and said, Mom, guess what someone asked me today, my coworker asked me today. And I said, what? She said, my coworker came up to me and said, I didn't know your mother was white. (laughs) And I thought, why is this continuing to come up? What is it about color that makes people disconnect at times? I'm, I'm actually not that light. I mean, I actually have relatives who are lighter skinned than me. So, of course, I had to ask the question, well, is this person black? That was the first thing that came to my mind. She said, no, she's she's Spanish, she's Cuban. I said, oh, well, I didn't understand that either because I know that in the Cuban population, there are 
very dark-skinned Cubans and there are very light-skinned Cubans and there are white Cubans. So I thought, well, maybe it's a cultural thing and that to her, all light-skinned people are white. But again, this is an odd question. Why does this keep coming up? Because my, my daughter is a beautiful chocolate brown skinned woman. And so I I guess putting the two of us together doesn't seem to fit. (laughs) Which I find humorous because when I look at because this, when I look at, at shows like, and, and I do this, I like court shows. I'm one of those people who like to watch uh, occasionally Judge Judy or Divorce Court or Paternity or whatever. But the, one particular day I saw something on a, on a show, one of those paternity court shows where a woman had a baby and you know she loved this baby and she was taking... Uh, the person that she identified as the father of the court and the judge asked him well Mr. Mr. Jones why don't you think this child is yours and his response was well, well look at it. I, the baby's too light to be mine <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, we are still stuck on the fact that within the African American race, there are broad spectrums of colors. And for some reason, some of us don't don't seem to understand that, or that doesn't necessarily click. So we have this expectation that if if you are dark brown skinned and and your partner is dark brown skinned that you're going to have a dark brown skinned baby that's not always the case in fact a lot of times babies come out much much lighter sometimes they may even look white but guess what they're African American anyway because somewhere in your lineage there is light-skinned people or even white people. I mean, when I look at my lineage, I also find when we looked at when we looked at our ancestry, my brother David, before he died, um, was really big at looking that stuff up. And when, what we found is that what I know for a fact is that my great-great-great-grandfather who was a white Scottish gentleman, and my grandfather, if you looked at pictures, looked just like him. Uh, so uh, I always find it interesting, the old issue of, of color and light skin versus dark skin and, and why that's so troubling uh, in a lot of occasions. But it, it, it sometimes can be hurtful, particularly with children. And it's, it's what we teach children that make a difference in terms of how they treat others, how they learn to treat others. You know, Martin Luther King said, injustice for one is injustice for all. And if that's true, we've got a lot of work to do 
as a country, as a community, as a people of the world. We'll be back and talk about that more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Redson. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show hey so i was i I, one of the the Things that I love to do. I love to read. I love to do research and and study. I love to learn. I'm an avid learner. I've always have been. And as I was thinking about this particular show that we're doing today, one of the things I began uh, doing was looking at um, different articles and studies and uh, things that have been done on the subject of, of racism. And I ran across something that I thought was particularly interesting because one of my favorite magazines, ever since I was a kid, I've always read this magazine. It's National Geographic, and I don't know how many of you like National Geographic, but I always loved the information that I found in there because it would tell you about you know, different cultures, different peoples, how they lived, and animals, and all different, everything you could possibly think about National Geographic, I think, at one time. It's probably had in their magazine. And they had a race issue at one time. And the what caught my attention was the title that said, For decades our coverage was racist. To rise above our past, we must acknowledge it. And what was fascinating about that for me is that I had not seen any other magazine, and maybe they have, and I just missed it. I had not seen any other magazine or publication admit to or recognize or attempt to recognize the fact that they may have, or they did, um, produce uh, a magazine or information or articles that was racist. But the fact that they said to rise above our past, we must acknowledge it. 
and that they actually hired or asked a uh, preeminent historian to investigate their coverage of people of color and and they published the findings of that I thought spoke very highly uh, of their commitment to truth in journalism and and to a world that is inclusive of all people and respectful of all people. And so it's a very interesting um, uh, issue, the race issue from that geo that uh, uh, those of you who uh, may be interested, you might want to look it up and, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and read it and just see what, um, what exactly uh, uh, they did that was uh, the kinds of things that they wrote about that were racist. And, and then imagine people reading this article because you, know, you wonder, how, where do people get ideas about other people? Where do they, people get ideas or stereotypes about other people? Where do those things come from, right? And so when you have a publication probably as widely read as a Nat Geo, a National Geographic, and others, and they're writing this information and people are reading it and people are believing what they say because they believe that you know, Nat Geo wouldn't write anything that wasn't true. And then when you realize, well, maybe that they did, either knowingly or unknowingly, or um, and and think about the fact that hundreds or thousands of, uh, maybe millions of people have read this throughout the years, so it becomes a part of their mind or their consciousness or subconsciousness that has contributed to perhaps how we think of ourselves, how others think of us um, in the world. Yeah. But I, I think it's very interesting. So many of the horrors of the past centuries can be traced to the idea that one race is inferior to another. And it's very true. And where, and where do we get that idea from? Well, we look at how things are portrayed in movies, how things are portrayed in, in social media. You know, we look at, at how we puff ourselves up <laughs> uh, to blow someone else down. You know, we talk about that in, in terms of how bullies try to bully other people because there's some inferiority, something inferior about them. And I, I use the word inferior um, probably rather loosely, but... Um, when when I think about that, I think about racial uh, distinctions do continue to shape our our politics, our neighborhoods, and our sense of self in terms of who we are. Um, and and so yeah, if you get a chance to look at read through uh, the Nat Geo uh, race issue uh, by uh, Susan Goldberg, who at that time was the editor in chief. Um, I think you will find it. I found it interesting, and I think maybe you will too. So I want to share some of the experiences that I've had um, in terms of this. You know, being a light-skinned African-American woman or black woman, um, you know, suddenly often people think that you have some inside track or, or that there's some advantage because you are light-skinned, or people think you look white, <laughs> um, and that people will accept you more than your dark-skinned um, um, 
colleague, friend, sister, brother. And that's not, that's not necessarily true. Now, if you look at history, you will find a time where there were people who were passing because they were, or their skin pigment was that very similar to whites. Uh, but that wasn't everybody, you know. Um, I'll tell you a story about when I was uh, a young girl. Um, and I used to march in a marching band uh, for the American Legion. So, um, and so what we would do is they would have parades and we would march our group, our troop uh, would march in parades. And yeah, we would practice our routines and we were pretty good, we thought. And we got a really good, a nice response from the crowd. And so, you know, we were, you know, so excited uh, when we got an invitation. This is when I was living in Ohio. And we got an invitation to um, uh, be a participant in a parade uh, about two cities over from where I was living there. And and uh, so we all got on the bus and, and, you know, so we're driving. It took us about, I want to say, an hour to get there. Maybe an hour. My my memory is an hour, but you know when you're when you're young, a ten minute ride can feel like a, uh, an hour. So, um, but it was a ten minutes. Uh, anyway, so we drive there um, and we get there and we get off the bus. You know we've got our shoe boots on. We're ready to go, and we would wear these um, white boots, cowboy boots, and they had these big cleats. Uh, I mean. Uh, not cleats, um, uh, things on the bottom, taps on the bottom of them, so that when we walk down the street, you could hear us go click, click, click. And then as we stepped or as we moved or did our routines, uh, we could make music with our feet that way. And so uh, we're, all of us are getting off the bus and we're getting ready to walk over. And then suddenly uh, there's a uh, the sheriff uh, has driven over and our our uh, band director and the bus driver tells us to get back on the bus hurry up get back on the bus we gotta go and so we get back on the bus and we're curious because what do we do you know we haven't done anything but we gotta do this show right are we the wrong place and uh, the bus driver takes off and we're leaving and they tell us that uh, we couldn't um, march in their parade today because the Ku Klux Klan was on their way and they did not want us in their parade, in the city's parade. And so we needed to leave or there was going to be trouble. And so now I'm in elementary school. Um, uh, so I'm, you know, I'm a young kid um, at this, and so it never occurred to me that that would happen. But I was I afraid? Yeah, a little bit. I couldn't. I didn't understand why somebody would want not want us to dance. Now, 
as I told you earlier, and as you probably know, I love to dance. I would dance anywhere. That's the same thing today. But, I mean, we were peaceful. We didn't talk to anybody. You know, we just got off the bus. And the fact that we were an all-black marching band, they did not want us to march in that parade, and they were going to stop us for marching that parade. And we had to leave the city in order to be safe. And as an elementary child, school child, you remember those things. And then I remember in high school, we were going on a field trip and, and we decided we were going on a field trip we're doing a drive to Indiana. So we've got this big bus, and there's about 30 of us, and we're all excited. Uh, and, you know, we're talking and enjoying ourselves on the bus. We're not bothering anybody. The bus driver is not speeding. You know, we're just driving on the bus. And about four state troopers in Indiana pull up alongside of us. And with the megahorn, tell the bus driver to pull over. And so they pull over. And his question was, that was asked, what are y'all doing here? What do y'all want here? <laughs> and again, you think, what do you mean, what do y'all want here? You know, there's a lot of coloreds on the bus. What are you? What are you folks trying? To, where are you going? What is it that you want here in our state? So once again, why is this happening? You know, we're a bunch of school kids on a bus going to Indiana for a field trip. And we're being stopped by the police because they want to know why are we in their state. Hmm. Or I can also say that being at work, I've been at work and I had a gentleman uh, he was a pastor of a church, a white gentleman. And, and I really liked him. He was a good guy. <laughs> and we would talk all the time about all different kinds of things. But he related a story to me where he and his son were going fishing and they were walking down the street. And his son looked at him and said, Dad, and he had this, this I guess, like, I think it was a black gentleman that was walking on the other side of the street and he was going fishing too. And he looked, his son looked at him and the white guy's uh, pastor's son rather looked at him and said, Dad, do black people tan? Hmm. We'll find out when we come back from the break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show so do black people tan so, so Joe decided, the white pastor decided to come to work when he got to work. He said he told his son, you know what, I'm going to ask Carla, because Carla will tell me. <laughs> and fortunately, we had that kind of relationship that uh, Joe knew that he could ask me or talk to me about anything or questions that he had. Uh, on any given subject at any given time, and I could do the same with him. And so he said, Carla, he related the story to me, and he said, do black people tan? And I said, I laughed, and I said, yes, of course they tan. And I would tell him about me going to, uh, in the summer, me and my friend Flip would go to, uh, down to the beach, uh, man-made as it may be, it was still a beach, and we would put slather ourselves with suntan lotion to get a tan. And that there were lots of people who did that. It wasn't uh, uh, tanning was not unique to white people. But again, <laughs> people don't know what they don't know. But if you don't ask, you may never know. You're a guess. But what are the impacts of uh, of racism or this bias that people have? Um, they talk about uh, a racial trauma. There was a study that was done by Karen Martinez, who's a child uh, and adolescent psychologist at San Juan, Puerto Rico, and Dr. Jessica Graham. Lopriste, who is an assistant professor of psychology in the clinical in the clinical psychology uh, doctoral program at Suffolk University at the time that the study was done. Surely she's finished now. It was 
study was done, I think it was in 2018, if I'm looking at this correctly. Anyway, um, they identify something as racial trauma. So fear, uh, hypervigilance, confusion, uh, uh, self-blame, headaches, uh, shame or guilt. All those racial traumas come from racism or being in an environment or world where racism exists and occurs or that you may experience or see others experience. And as I was reading that, I thought about, I wonder what racial trauma I have based upon my experiences growing up as an African-American female in the United States of America. And as I started reading about or thinking about it and, and equating some of it, have I, uh, I've felt fear. Uh, I've felt that hypervigilance. And I think that a lot of our community today even still feels that hypervigilance. And we, as we look at young black men who seem to be getting shot or uh, at a higher rate uh, just for being young black men, uh, to the point where we have to, this is all part of that hypervigilance, we have to explain to our young black men that if they're driving down the road and get pulled over by a police officer, how they should act, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, uh, because of the fear of what could happen to them walking while black. And so racial trauma is a real thing that occurs because of the racism uh, that our society holds. And racism, I mean, the trauma is not limited to those things, but also anxiety, uh, depression, uh, overall psychological distress, blood pressure increasing, heart rates, uh, and I think also self-hate or cultural uh, self-hate and intolerance. Uh, Because when you're constantly told you're inferior or someone else is better than, or you're constantly bombarded with messages that are negative about who you are, or who you're supposed to be, who you should be, or who's better than you. As much as you don't want it to, that can play inside your head and can cause or, or, or have question for you to begin even doubting yourself. You know, I, I, I think about experience, uh, another experience I had that where um, I was in Miami and Uh, visiting my daughter at the time. It's been a couple of years ago. Maybe five years ago. Maybe. Four or five years ago. And uh, I was there with her her fiancé and we were riding on the train uh, going downtown. And uh, we were on the train and we we got in the back of the train because we, 
you know, just wanted to sit in a cool place and didn't feel like standing up because the front of the train was filled, with, seemed to be packed with people and people were standing up and there really wasn't any seating there anywhere. So we were sitting in the back and we're just having a conversation and suddenly this tall white gentleman comes over and he sits down beside us and, and he says hi and we say hello and he says to us, you know, Miami used to be a great place to live before they came here. And when we looked, he's pointing at the group of, of Hispanic or Latino people who are uh, standing up and gathered together, people that are sitting at the front of the bus. And I guess they were all Hispanics or Latinos. Um, but the fact that he felt comfortable enough to come over and sit down with this group of black people and say to them that Miami was better off before those people came, <laughs> I found extremely fascinating. Plus, my question was, if you're saying that to us about them, what have you said about us? Because there's a racial bias there. And how do you know we are not them? Just because we may speak English. How do you know we are not Hispanic or Latino? You really can't tell by just looking. You make assumptions when you do that. And I recently had another experience where I was at a retail store and there was a gentleman there uh, and I work, sometimes I work part-time at, at a particular retail store and the gentleman came, uh, I was, came over to me and asked me if I could help him. I said, sure, I could help you. And um, the gentleman sat down, he was a little upset and I said well, what's wrong what's wrong and he said that black lady did so and so and so and so and I didn't like that she's not like us and I'm thinking what us are we talking <laughs> what us are we talking about because I am black as well he didn't think I was black because she was a darker skinned uh, lady and I was light skinned well, and and so we talked about it and we probed a little more but I'm always fascinated by the fact that this is something that continues to exist and I'm beginning to see more and more and more of it and I want to know why why is it what can we do as a people to combat it, you know, because there, there is, there is an impact on us as people when you are constantly being described as negative or being made to feel that way. And, you know, how do you prevent yourself from falling into that trap that you begin to believe the craziness that you are now hearing. You know, you have to ask yourself, what are the things that 
you need to do in order to make sure that you're okay and that you are not falling victim or falling prey to the hatred, to the violence that continues to come around you. And there are a couple of things that that continue to come across that uh, people say or that, that are recommended in terms of combating this or fighting this or trying to eliminate uh, steps that, that you can take. Um, there was uh, uh, an article that came back that talked about and uh, you know listening to people and listening to people of color talk about everyday racism and white privilege. You know, you know there are, there are times when you can bring this up to uh, your white counterpart and it feels as though they don't believe you because they have not experienced the racism. So they don't necessarily understand what you're talking about. And I you know when I've talked with some white friends about it, then they, about uh, feelings or things that happen or something that's said, you know, they sometimes try to joke it off or, or sometimes will say or, or act as though or seem to not believe or, or make you think that you misunderstood what the individual meant. Or I love when they always say, well, yeah, but he's a nice guy. This has nothing to do with him being a nice guy. There's a bias there that's impacting me and that impacts maybe how I work. You know, people of color tend to live with the burden of institutional racism. And sometimes there seems to be little that they can do. But you can talk to uh, uh, your, your white counterparts or other people about everyday racism and how it feels. And then if you're white, honor the feelings of people of color in the discussion. It's not about, it's really not about your white guilt. I mean, they're expressing to you what they're feeling. They're expressing to you uh, what they see and what that, what's happening to them. Honor that. Listen to them. You know, too often um, we hear the overreaction or criticism uh, from whites or they become defensive and and begin to turn that feeling of comfort or what you're trying to share uh, into discomfort back on the person who's talking to you. Um, so I think that you've got to be, have some empathy. You've got to listen. Uh, you need to take account of your own personal biases and feelings and uh, uh, be a little more supportive. Uh, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into from the inside out to reach carla walker or her guest today call us at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to carla walker from the inside out at gmail.com now back to the show yeah we're talking about how do you combat racism and how do you combat those biases And this is a thing that's not directed at any one race or group of people. So just as well as as black people need to understand how to combat it, so do whites. Um, So there is racism on both sides of the fence. I want to make sure that that I'm clear and that that folks understand what I'm I'm not saying that it's an all-white thing. Uh, It really isn't. Uh, it's white, it's black, it's Hispanic, it's it's Asian. It's all of us have some sort of internal or bias against people or against things that we have to really have a hard conversation with ourselves and check ourselves uh, in terms of how we relate, how we talk uh, to people, how we uh, interact, exchange ideas uh, with folks, and you know it, it, it. The conversation really starts with you. You first look in the mirror. Remember Michael Jackson's song, "The Man in the Mirror." You know, you have to ask yourself to change your ways. And I think that particular song, I think, speaks very much to this issue of of bias and racism because we take those biases or those thoughts and the problem becomes when you take those biases, those thoughts and make them, turn them into actions. So you really need to check yourself first. What are you doing to contribute to this feeling? What are you doing to perpetuate that stereotype? What are you doing? You know, that it's not eliminating the racism, but maybe even creating more. What are you doing that's puffing up or 
putting more light or more fuel to that fire that may already be there and how are you putting it out? The other thing is, you know, you know, if you're feeling that, as you're particularly in these times where we've got social media, you know, hitting us with all these negative thoughts, surround yourself with people who love you and who know the real you, who care about you, who understand who you are and what you're about. And get some comfort and support uh, from those individuals uh, who love you for you. Um, That's going to be extremely important to help you um, move past it. Um, As well as talk to uh, other people. Seek out different perspectives, uh, either through, through reading writings of different authors or or other races ethnically. Uh, sometimes those stories will give you an insight to how they, how people think or how they live or why they uh, necessarily believe a certain thing uh, or believe a certain way. You know, um, so I said, invite others who are different than you to connect with you, you know. Uh, turn off those thoughts within your head that are reading those negative messages or hearing those negative messages. And that may be, um, that may mean, I should say, turning off your TV, turning off the radio, turning off your technology, you know, maybe for 24 hours, just so you get a break from all that negativeness that is being spewed uh, at you at a consistent rate uh, everywhere you look it's there you know. as we are moving toward the close of the, uh, the show today if nothing else my hope is that giving you something to consider something to think about something to ponder over you know, the next time you hear something racist or you hear that stereotype, instead of just taking it in, why not challenge the person who is saying it? Why not have a, a discussion with that individual and hear what that perspective is and share your perspective as to why that is probably not true, or probably not right. And I know this is hardest to do with your family members and your friends because we have a fear that when we challenge our family members or our friends that maybe they won't love us anymore or maybe they won't like us anymore or they want to invite us to the next party. And I got to tell you, you know, if, if you can't talk and speak openly and honestly with your family members, your friends, those people who love you or who say they love you, and you love, maybe you need to check out the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Maybe you need to get a new group. You know, it may be time to change who you're with. Change can be a really good thing, particularly if it makes you better, if it improves who you are mentally, physically. So 
consider that. Consider joining an organization or a group uh, or networking with a group that has people who are more diverse or more diverse ideas or more diverse view that will challenge you and make you think broader, uh, learn more about the world, travel you know, to different countries, travel to different places within the United States. I've been fortunate to have been in every state, visited every state, with the exception of Alaska and Hawaii uh, in the United States. And what I have found is that most people are the same. I mean, there's not a lot of difference. The communities are different. Um, you know, they may have different accents. They may dress a little differently. Um, but generally, people are the same wherever you go. They want the same thing. They want to succeed. They want to be happy. They want to have enough money to feed their children. They want to, to be able to accomplish their goals. You know, they want to live a life worthwhile. They want to do good in the world. None of that has to do with what color your skin is. None of that has to do with what your ethnicity is. It's a value. It's a life value that you have. And we all have it. And my, my, my wish for you today is, is to know that change is inevitable in good times and in bad times. And that there may be trouble ahead, but you are strong enough to face it. That with each day, you will take smaller steps to your joy, toward your joy. That you know that no one can distract you from this moment but you. My wish for you is that today you plant seeds for the life that you want to live. You know, remember that according to Charles Swindle, Swindle, I'm sorry, he says that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. That means you have control. That means you can be, as Maya Angelou said, be a rainbow in someone's cloud. That could be you. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is a quote from Michael Jordan that I really like. He says, if you accept the expectation of others, especially negative ones, then you will never change the outcome. If you accept the expectation of others, especially negative ones, then you will never change the outcome. 
I want you to change the outcome. I want you to be the best you can possibly be. I want you to live your best life. I want you to be kind. I want you to receive the joy and the blessings that are there for you today and every day. Thanks for listening. This is Carla Walker from the Inside Out. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to From the Inside Out. Be sure to join your host, Carla D. Walker, for another episode of the program next Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week.